Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. All right, John Corcoran here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. And this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you ever had team members ask you the same questions over and over again? And it's like the 10th time you've spent explaining it. Well, there's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but First responder, government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a free 14-day trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. All right, so our guest today is Allison Caffrey. She's the CEO of Operations Agency out of Nashville, Tennessee. And Allison, I told people a little bit about you, but why don't you jump in and just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Thanks, John. I'm pumped to be here. Um, so like you said, my name's Allison Caffrey. I'm the CEO, founder of Operations Agency. Um, we were basically formed out of need, as a lot of small businesses are. Um, we saw a huge need in the marketplace. Um, at least I did uh, after I kind of left my nine to five for, you know, basically folks just need a, they have an inflection point when they start their business. And basically what we found is that the inflection point exists when they're in a growth pattern and they need to start documenting some procedures and they need to get their ops kind of sorted in order to grow their team, you know, scale their business, remain profitable, all of the things. Um, So we started back in 2017 and we've been helping service-based businesses now for a few years, really get that piece of their business figured out um, so that they can remain in business, remain in a healthy kind of relationship with their business, with their team, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, My formal background is in ops. Uh, You know, I founded a help found a company, um, one of the founding members uh, of a kind of marketing PR agency is kind of how we started out. And I noticed that one of the very first things that we really needed to do was get our IP down, right? Get our secret sauce documented and get everything sorted out. And so that came with its own set of challenges, right? Growing the business and kind of uh, getting all of that stuff sorted and managing the team. And I figured why not, uh, you know, make this more accessible? Why not have uh, this be something that, you know, folks talk a little bit more about, right? Because I think sometimes folks are uh, scared to share, <laughs> scared to share that struggle and pull the the messy closet door open and say, wow, this is what I'm dealing with behind the scenes, right? Of some of these larger brands. So we are founded again out of necessity and um, we love what we do in helping folks kind of sort out what's going on on the back end. And I want to address that first uh, issue you mentioned, do- how to document your IP, mm. your process, because so many people, so many business owners struggle with that. They're running around just trying to get clients in the door and fulfill fulfilling the client work. Um, how do you advise them to carve out the time in order to create and document those processes? 
Yeah. So I think it's, it's really challenging because let's, if we back up kind of 30,000 feet on this, right. A, a business owner starts a business because they have a very specific like type of skill set or have a passion to serve a specific type of person in a specific type of way. Right. Picture your agency owner, right. Who really loves creating like high touch, uh, you know, high design websites, right. That's what they want to do all day long. They fall into ownership of a business. They're suddenly managing a team, managing a balance sheet, managing all these ops and ins and outs and projects and clients and everything. And our kind of philosophy at operations agency is that that person, that business owner who loves to create websites shouldn't be documenting process, right? They shouldn't be writing procedures because that actually is going to draw away from A, what they're passionate about and B, what the most effective and highest billable hour is for their agency, right? So when we get into this situation of, okay, what should I be documenting? The answer is very simple. It's everything, right? Everything that's going to be moving forward in the business as it grows. Um, but in, in this case, right, you can leverage, uh, you know, some some really cool external tools, like for example, screencasting, uh, that sort of thing. That's kind of the first level of documentation that I would recommend for somebody like the agency owner archetype that I just mentioned is to start getting kind of that repertoire of here's how to do what I do and then kind of get that over to the team. Even if it isn't formally documented, it still can be helpful about, you know, kind of bridging the gap between A to B or A to C, you know, and kind of get them further along in the process. And now when it comes to IP, I know that that's a really challenging uh, thing to kind of land on in the beginning. And so I would say anything that you have done again in the past, let's just say last quarter, right? As an agency, if you're in the business of saying yes right now, because you're still kind of in that freelancer mode, my opinion would be anything that you have done in the past quarter that you plan to move forward with into the next quarter in terms of services, try to get that documented, try to get that screencast up and make sure that at the very bare minimum, while you're actually doing the work for your clients, fold that time and record your screen. So make the connection for me, and I think you, you've already touched on it, but let's go deeper on the issue of how it saves me money. So if I'm an agency owner and I'm thinking, oh, geez, I got to record these screencasts and then I got to pay someone to create it into processes. I'm thinking like, that's going to cost me more. Where's the, the cost savings come from documenting those processes? Yeah. So that's a good question. And it comes kind of immediately and then also on the back end. So I'll talk about both. The first is that obviously if you are doing right, the kind of $10,000 an hour tasks, right? Those delegation things, leadership things, um, really kind of operating in your sweet spot. And you would probably need to, as a business owner, figure out what that sweet spot is. Um, and then in this case, right, sending off documentation, sending off kind of this, uh, for example, like how to manage a project, how to, you know, file certain, you know, client, um, let's just say it's like logos and fonts and whatever else, right. For your web design project, right. Filing all that stuff, those, uh, billable hours are likely, you could probably find somebody to come into your business and do that for 10, 15 bucks an hour, right. Overseas VA, you know, really, really high profit types of things. In my mind, if we as business owners, right. Are billing our time at, let's just say $250 an hour to start. And we are spending that time, our time doing that. That means it's costing the business to, $250 an hour versus 10 to $15 an hour out of our pocket. Now on the flip side, when we go to train an actual team, right? It probably costs 
I don't have the number written down, but it costs somewhere in five figures to train an inbound person um, to come in and sit in a position of, you know, repetition like this with process. My thought process is, is that if we can reduce that number as much as possible, then in my opinion, right, then processes then pay for themselves to basically be written in this case. Um, And it saves us a lot of money on the back end, especially when it comes to scaling, especially when you're in a position where, you know, you have a leadership team, right? And you can basically say, hey, look, you know, we need to follow this process to a T. Um, it definitely helps with um, quality control, you know, in the long run as well, which obviously if quality isn't great, it's, you know, it definitely uh, you know, ends up costing us a lot of money in the end. So I would say that with process, it definitely bleeds into several different uh, departments in your agency or in your service business. Um, However, immediately it saves you your billable time and it also saves inbound training for new people coming into your organization. Mm -hmm. What about the concern that I imagine you get from people that, you know, I'm moving so quickly, things are changing, I'm bringing in new tools, I'm shifting. Um, What about the concern that, you know, why document something when it might change a week from now or a month from now? Yeah. And again, I think going back to what have I done in the last quarter? What do I want to move forward with into the next quarter? Right. That's really the litmus test of what you should be documenting. Now, if you're the type of business that changes all the time and is kind of always like a flipping from project management tool to project management tool and can't quite land, um, we might need to address that first in terms of staffing. So who makes those decisions? Is it the person who might be kind of the high in the sky, you know, high quick start CEO type person. And do we need to get somebody else in here who's a little bit more of a follow through to be managing some of the decisions around what tools to use, that sort of thing. So we got to ask ourselves those hard questions because if we switch project management tools every other month, then in my mind, it's almost impossible for the team members that we have to come in and hit those marks. It's impossible for them to hit their KPIs. Mm. Um, So we got to have that foundation. And again, if you're a creative, if you're a high quick start, if you're that type of person who's in more of like the content creation, the selling, you know, the conversational pieces in terms of networking, like that is so valuable to a business, but we got to have that other side of the scale that really is that high follow through the ops type minded person, that project management person to be making those key decisions about tools and about process and all that. You know, there's this saying, eliminate before you delegate, before you automate or eliminate, delegate, automate in in that order, I believe. I don't know who said it, (laughs) but I want to ask about the first piece, eliminating, because that's got to be a hard conversation that you have with some of your clients who maybe they've been in business for a while. Maybe they've gotten to a certain point in terms of revenue, size of company, whatever, but there are certain habits that die hard. So how do you convince people that they need to stop doing some of the things that they're doing or their team members for that matter? Yeah, I think by the time people um, you know, have healthy conversations with me, they're kind of bought into the fact that something's not working. And so I need to explore options and figure out like what I need to change. And even with some of the more headstrong um, teams that I've worked with, a lot of there is a lot of buy-in around the fact that things will become detangled in the future, right? So if you sit down at your desk every day or you're, you know, going and spending time with your family and all of a sudden something hits you and you're like, oh crap. I forgot to send that email or, oh crap, I didn't follow up on this task. That is so derailing to, you know, having a fulfilled, like well-rounded 360 life and 
all of those things. And so I think that when we sit down with business owners and we say, hey, listen, the reason why you're bottlenecked is because you are the person who's making decisions about tools in your business and not going out and shaking 10 more hands every single week. I know <laughs> that COVID might prevent that from happening regardless, but really staying in that zone of, okay, look, I know that I'm the best in the world at blank. I'm not the best in the world at systems. I'm not the best in the world at process. So I need to then go ahead and shift my focus. And a really helpful activity that I always uh, you know, have my owners go through is write down your to-do list for the day. Just write it out on a piece of paper. And anything that you feel like you either should not be doing, meaning right, it's not kind of in that upper echelon, like $10,000 tasks, for lack of a better term, right? Those like real money makers. Um, or if you feel like it can be easily just pulled off your plate because you don't want to do it, then just highlight those items and make those the first to delegate, right? Really, really take a look and say, look, I don't want to be doing this all day or someone for sure could do this for cheaper than me and then get those tasks off, you know, your plate as soon as possible. Mm. And then, now let's talk about the, the second piece, the delegation piece, mm-hmm. um, which you just uh, touched on. You know, it's so many business owners struggle with that. You know, they, they really yeah. have difficulty delegating pieces how does the operation systematizing processes, how does that um, help with that scenario? Yeah. So I would say it helps probably more than anything um, that exists currently. Uh, So I'll unpack that a little bit. Uh, I think the first thing that I always tell my clients, especially the folks who, you know, the solopreneurs, the folks who come in and they're like, I've never hired a team. I got to touch everything. I'm a design agency and I'm super picky, right? Like, I mean, that's like the, the big, the big issue, right? Is you want to be able to touch everything in your business. You've to this point provided a really, really high touch, you know, high ticket experience. And now inviting somebody into this, it's a little bit scary, right? Cause it's your name, it's your brand. And I totally empathize with that. And I think that the real thing that all of us need to get our head around is that there's only one us. And I know a lot of process people and a lot of ops people are like, duplicate yourself, duplicate yourself. Well, that literally is not possible. And the fact of the matter is, is that nobody is going to approach a project with as much care and as much investment as we do because we are the owners. That is 100% true. So we need to ask ourselves when we start to delegate is what are the non-negotiables in this, you know, in this task, in this project, in this whatever, right? So we can basically line out, okay, how do I get this to 80%? I know I could get it to 120%, but what are the non-negotiables where we know that based on the client agreement, based on the project, based on the goals, we're going to get to where we need to go with excellence and really define those parameters, right? A lot of people talk about, you know, core values. A lot of people talk about, you know, things like that, right? We can start to embed some of those things into kind of that foundational piece of our ops and say, listen, we operate like this. We make decisions like this. You know, we approach projects like this. We approach meetings like this. And I think that as much as we can line that out for a team, the better shot they have at hitting our high expectations, right? They're never going to be us. But in this case, right, when we start to bring Bring some people in, they can really understand more of a 360 view on what we expect from them when we lay it out really nice, you know, in a process and with our core values and with, you know, our kind of standard operating procedures. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So then just wrapping up this discussion on the automation piece, how do you figure out what pieces you should automate once you've gone through those other two uh, phases? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it would depend on A, the talent stack that you have on your team, right? If you've got somebody who's doing really well and operating really efficiently and they love doing what they're doing, this like, you know, repetitive task or whatnot, then let's just go ahead and keep them there. If for some, you know, reason that, you know, becomes a situation where somebody isn't, let's just say, um, you know, putting data into a specific area fast enough for us, then I think automation is perfect, especially for your data. So like anywhere where data needs to be communicated, from one platform to another, be that your CRM, be that any way that you manage, let's just say like a customer list, um, the way that you gather your leads, the way that you pull in your sales, right? If you're doing um, proposals into a, uh, you know, actual like invoice, like that all should probably be automated. So all of that stuff, anything that's standard enough to even create an automation, right? So if you haven't figured out the second piece, like how to delegate, then there's no possible shot. You'll probably be able to automate this thing if it's kind of all over the place. So anything that's been repeated, you know, for a significant period of time, anything that has to do with sending data from one platform to the other, I would always recommend automating. Um, And then anything that needs to happen immediately, right? So for example, it would be like getting a new client, getting their proposal out, they approve the proposal, get the invoice, and then get all of their, uh, you know, their welcome email sent, for example, that likely should all be automated. Okay. And then um, I want to ask about another piece, which is, um, you know, related to cost savings. But one thing that you've advised clients with is how people get paid, what frequency or when. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that piece and how that can lead to cost savings? Yeah, I think it depends on what type of role you're looking at. So like, for example, all of our overseas contractors are paid by the hour, but we measure them by the output. So from a key performance per uh, parameter. Um, so for example, like if my team is writing process all day, every day, um, you know, they get paid X amount of dollars per hour, but it takes them X amount of dollars to write a process for me so that I know if I'm looking at a project with 500 process scope, I know what to charge them right? From like a cost perspective. So that's how I manage like kind of those, uh, you know, repeatable tasks, if you will, right? We use a ticketing system for all of our processes that we write and each of them gets measured, you know, by output. So that's step number one. I would say that's the base level. Those are your repeatable tasks, the really easy layups, the ones that you can, you know, basically outsource. Um, The second level I would say is probably like your management team. Those folks, I have my entire management team on retainer, meaning that they're either contractors that are paid, you know, a a set price or they're employees that are paid a salary. And so my thought process there is that there are variables, there are unknowns, right? But what we really need to make sure that happens is that that person owns the outcome of the entire project. If that means that they work five hours this week on a really simple project, then I'm happy that they're happy that they only worked five hours and we have a really smooth process. But if they need to work 50 hours the next week, because we have a really complicated project and we need to make sure that it's seen to the finish line, we need to make sure that that stuff's built built in. And it, for me, is a lot easier to price my management team into my contracts because I know what the cost is going to be. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I have to ask you about this, although I know we're going to laugh at it. Tools. People love to talk about tools. They love <laughs> they to do. talk about different soft, shiny objects, stuff like that. But what do you say when people come to you and they ask about what tool should I be using? 
Yeah. Usually what I say is, and they hate this answer is the best tool uh, to use is the one that you'll actually use. Right. So I have so many clients that come to me and they're like, well, we're on Asana. And then I go into their Asana and they have like two half built projects. And I'm just like, so you don't use Asana if we're being totally honest with ourselves here. So, uh, you know, my advice always is, uh, you know, around the content, not the actual tool. So my personal opinion is if you have a playbook of processes to follow or a project template in a spreadsheet, it's better than using a beautiful, fancy, you know, user experience driven tool um, mm. that can, you know, you know, remind you and all those silly things. Right. So my thought is, is like commit to something first. And if you don't know what that platform's going to be, just toss it into Google Sheets. And then I personally tell my clients to let uh, project management systems audition for them, for their business. Mm. Meaning that if I'm managing my projects in Sheets for a little while and my team gets down with a Kanban style you know, ticketing system based project management system, then I'm going to use Trello or I'm going to use Asana in, in, my, in my list view. So to me, I would say first figure out how your team works best and, you know, figure out how the projects even need to be structured um, and then really start to think critically about, okay, what can support us at scale? Cool. Allison, any uh, final thoughts that we haven't touched on that you would advise business owners on who are concerned about automating and de delegating and systematizing their processes and improving their processes? Yeah, I would say start as soon as possible and start simply, right? You can start simple and, and get a little complicated later if you need to. Um, so starting with just simply opening up your screencasting tool. I personally use Loom. It connects right into my you know Chrome extension. And what I do is I basically fold time and I don't set aside times to record processes. I just simply turn on my screen while I'm doing something that I want to delegate. And it can literally be that simple. You know, you don't have to have a fancy procedure. You don't have to have any of that stuff. All your team really needs is to see you doing it and to see kind of what that definition of done looks like. And, um, you know, then that is kind of the first step. So I would start, you know, as early as possible, anything, even if you're in the very new stages of your business, if you're like, Hey, I know I want to do this forever, but I don't want to send invoices anymore, then just record your screen. It's super, super simple. Yeah, that's great advice. I wish I had heard that early on in my entrepreneurial journey for sure. <laughs> um, Allison, this has been great. Where can people go to learn more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, I'm super accessible. My website's operationsagency.com. I got a ton of resources there. Um, I'm also on Facebook. So if you have any specific questions, you can just hit us up at Operations Agency. I'm happy to answer any questions about process, about systematizing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much me. All right. Thanks so much, Allison. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my